Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. funny how our leaders are up in front of us and, it's, and some leaders are comical. Have you ever had leaders that are real funny? They have these, I, I had, um, <laughs> I, I, I was sitting under a man, um, how many of you remember Father Washington? <laughs> Brother Washington he used to play guitar. He could barely sing, Greg. I mean, I mean he could barely, I mean, he would get a plang, he gets get a key, and he starts singing. He loved Jesus. He really did. But his voice didn't tell it. And he was up there singing, and sometimes he'd be able to sing, I'd be sitting there thinking, oh, God, hurry up. Just, hurt, just, just put the guitar down and preach. And I've sat through many a uh, 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 meeting with him where he sang. So I had a group years ago. Everybody said a long time ago. I had a group, and we were in Birmingham. And I hadn't seen him in years. And we, were, we, we had prepared our set, and we were we signed to a record company. We were full of ourselves. And we were in the service, and the service was flowing, and then someone brings me a note. So we, we end the song, and one of my, my, my singers up there, and they're talking, and they're saying, um, you know, they're, they're introducing the next song, ministering to the people. The note says, the songs that you're playing are not anointed. Here's a suggested list of songs to play. <laughs> Signed, Harry Washington. <laughs> so I'm looking up and looking for him. He's out there in the front row going, he's waving to me, I'm thinking, I said, oh, God. So we, we do another song, we play another song. And he's, he's staring me down. So I said, okay. He's my father in the Lord. So I said, okay. I, I, I called one of the singers. I said, let's do the, let's, you know this song? Said, yes. so we started to do the song, The Spirit of God Fell. I was just about to say, everywhere I go, this old kook follows me. Can't even do nothing. For he don't know about no music. It's easy to speak against leadership when leadership is leading you in a direction you don't want to choose for yourself. But that's the purpose of leadership. It's to get you going the direction that God chooses for you, not yourself. So the, so the people came, they, at least they acknowledged it. They said, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and by speaking against you. It's a sin to speak against God, but it's also a sin to speak against your leadership. It is. It is. I mean, and we all do it. Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, don't even try to hear what your people saying about you because they're cursing you or speaking ill of you just like you speak ill of your leaders. Now, look at, the, look at this now. So the Bible says that uh, they say we have sinned against, uh, sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. So Moses prayed for the people. Look at verse 8. And the Bible says, then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. He said, he said, get an artisan to look at the kind of snake that's attacking them and make a replica of it. Make it, make it out of bronze and attach it to a pole. He said, all who are bitten will live if they simply do what? If they simply do what? All they have to do is look at it. All they had to do was what? Look at it. Now, this is interesting to me, and it's interesting because there are a couple questions that people always ask me. Um, Pastor, uh, so here's my question. So why did they have to look at it? <laughs> That's the first question. The second question is, if the snake is the problem, 
then why make it look like their problem? Look at verse 9. We're going to answer all those. So Moses made a snake of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be what? What? Now Jesus said, now when you go back to John 3, here's what Jesus said. He said the same way that Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the wilderness and made the people look at it, he says that's exactly going to happen, what's going to happen when people stop naturalizing their problems and spiritualizing like they're supposed to be and look to me. Now, let me tell you, so do you wonder why, he, why didn't he make it look like, like a replica of something in the tabernacle? Why didn't he make it look like something that represents God? Why did it have to look like the thing that was hurting them? And here's why. Because everything in the, in the Bible is a type and shadow, and here's how it works. Jesus said, the day is going to come when I'm going to be put up on a cross and, and I'm going to be violently dis- just, just crucified, destroyed, excruciatingly. Now, this is interesting. Here's what he says. The same way they looked. Everybody say the same way. Same way. So we have to. Now, now, what did they see in this? So much so that later, years later, they kept, the Bible says they made, I guess they made another replica or they took this one and kept it. And for years, they actually kept it to the place where they were worshiping the, because they thought there was something to be worshipped on that bronze pole. Do we know what it was? Here's the thing. The thing that was biting them, they had to see that God was dealing with it. That's what it represented. So when we looked at it, Jesus said, you have to look at me the same way. You have to see the, my importance. In other words, whatever you're going through, whatever, whatever has you, he says, instead of financializing it, here's what you do. He said, you see it, you see your problem on the cross in me. Whatever, is, whatever, the, whatever the serpent has brought into your life, he said, you have to look up and see that thing that, that I took it when I, when I was lifted up. I become your gift when you see that anything that happens to you, anything that happened to you, that, and here's the mentality. I want to cover something real quick. People say, well, you know what? By then the damage was done. People were dying. The, the people that were looking, they were all bitten. They all were ailing. They all were suffering with something. And the healing came not in them being able to, watch this now, they didn't go find someone with antidote. No one extracted the venom from them. It was not medicalized. It was not treated as a medical problem. It was not even treated as a sin problem. It all became, when they went to, God, to Moses and said, Moses, we sinned against God, we sinned against you. Number one, they acknowledged that they, that they sinned. They acknowledged that they did it wrong. They, I got it wrong. Pray for us. Moses goes to God. They're waiting. Moses comes out. He brings his pole. He says, everyone that looks at this pole and do what else? Just look at it. What are we looking for? Just keep looking. And people realize as he held up and they looked, they got healed. The anointing is in the instruction. Say that with me. The anointing is in. One more time. God will ask you to do something that, what is going, what is, God made him to be wisdom for us. He made him to be righteousness. He made him to be sanctification. He made him to be everything we need to, him to be. Everything we need, he, God made him to be that. That's interesting. Isn't it interesting? I'm going to give you, the, don't let me forget to tell you that this, this public storage thing i got to save for you. Because money, you won't even write me anymore. You can just you're gonna just do this thing, or you get your answers. It's been there, but you just didn't know about it. God has solved your problem. 
in Jesus Christ. You know what? You just didn't know about it. Tell somebody you just didn't know about it. Now, this is important. Now, go to John. Is this helping you yet? How much time do I have? Okay. Go to um, John chapter 8, verse 28. John chapter 8 and verse 28. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. And he said, I do nothing of my own, but, what, but, but say only what the Father taught me. Here's what Jesus said. Now, th- let me tell you about this, this little exchange he was having. He was having this exchange with some of the, uh, the, the Pharisees, the Jews. And they didn't believe. The, the, the caption says he's having a discourse with unbelievers. They didn't believe him. And he's trying to explain to them what he's here for. And they couldn't get it. And here's what he said, tell you what, I'm not going to try to explain anymore. No. He said, here's what's going to happen. He says, when you lift me up on the pole... Like the serpent was lifted up, when I get up there and I begin to absorb all the sins and all the, all the ailments of humanity, when God punishes every sin in my body, when you look at me, you're going to, send, you're going to know exactly what I was telling you. And, and here's what happened. When they were crucifying Jesus, one of the Roman soldiers that was there, he just stood looking up at the cross. And you know what he said in the end? Surely. This was the Son of God. That was the beginning of a revelation. He, all he did was look at the, he looked at the cross the same way that the people in the wilderness look at the, the bronze serpent. And immediately he got understanding. Jesus said, you look at me. He says, when, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand. When you, when you allow the death of Jesus Christ to be what it's supposed to be in your life, when you allow it to be, that thing to be lifted up in your life, when that becomes more important than what you're going through, then you will understand. Then you will understand. When, when, what you are doing right now, what we are doing right now is we magnify everything above the cross. I was in a radio show. One time they invited me to do this radio show on Radio 1000. I'll never forget it. And I came on. I was teaching on grace. And they had planned to gang up on me on, on live on the radio. And they did. And they'll start making all kinds of mockery about the things I was saying about grace. And they were mocking me and, and had callers calling in and, and making all kinds of statements. But while I'm going back and forth with them, just giving them the message of grace, there was a caller waiting at the end of the show. The, the radio host said, he said, Pastor, we have one more caller. He said, but we're out of time. It's up to you. What do you want to do? I said, man, I'm rolling with you. They had already just laughed and, and dogged me out, but I stuck to my guns on grace. When they got the guy on the phone, he was an atheist. Here's what he said. He said, I was listening to the entire show. He said, and Dr. Ramsey was arguing this, this case about grace. And here's what he said. Something happened while I was on hold. He said, I had a question. I was coming. I was coming the same that other calls were coming. He said, but now I just want to say that while I was on the line, I got saved. Listen to me. All we did, all I did on that show, the more they talked, they were, they were, they were like uh, uh, um, um, turning everything that, that I was saying into law, trying to say, what about this? What about that? All I kept doing was lifting up, lifting up the bronze serpent. All I kept doing, and this man, an atheist, got saved in his car. And all they could do, all they could do was, was sign off on the radio show and leave the man to the Lord and, and, and just introduce him to a church. Wow. Wow. And then they got on Twitter saying the most amazing thing that just happened. They said it was amazing to you. It wasn't amazing to me because here's what I know. What I know is you keep putting Jesus at the forefront and he's going to do what he does. Stop trying to protect Jesus. You don't have to protect a lion. Just let him out the cage. Let him out the cage. Where was I? Oh, I'm all over. Okay. Go to John chapter 4. I want to show you this. 
John chapter 4. No, no, I want to, I'm going to end with that. Let me see. I got, I got a little bit of time. I'm going to let you out already tonight. Go to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11. Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus. is my gift. No, no, I want you to say, say, say Jesus, is my gift. Jesus is my gift. Yeah, God gave him to me, gave to, me. to take care of everything in my life. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and some of us have been in church for so long that we're inoculated. Inoculation is a very interesting concept. In inoculation, they take just enough of the sickness and inject it into you called a vaccine. And what it does is it stops you to some degree from getting the disease. Inoculation, the concept of inoculation is powerful. Satan uses it. You've been in church for so long, he injects you with just enough knowledge about the Bible so that when you hear the, 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 the weight of it, it doesn't affect you. And so what has to happen to, in repentance is not, it's not repentance doesn't say um, think differently as it, uh, as it relates to, to um, adding some new stuff to what you already know. No, it means throw out what you know and see it completely differently. Because in your mind, you're thinking, my good job Plus, a, the potential for promotion and the Lord's favor. No. No. The blessing of the Lord, it make it rich. And it added no suffer with it. In other words, what has to happen is, the, I'm not saying don't work because you have to work. If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. But the Bible, that's, that's, what, that's doctrinal teaching. But what you need to understand is this, is that you have to, when you bring your check home, you have to believe that in that income is a tenth that God, God stashed his tenth in your check. And he did it so that you could bring it back to him and give it to him. And then it gives, in, uh, under, the law, it says, under the law, it explains it. It gives God the right to claim what you have as his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moment you begin to think, God just want my money, you don't even get it. The money you make is not enough to take care of you. How many of you figured that out already? It's not enough. I went through the summer. Let me tell you what happened. Dothan... Power, whatever they call them, said, those utilities, I got my summer bills. I mean, have you noticed what happens with the summer bills? I called them. How is it possible that my bill doubled? I'm using less power and my bill doubled. That's just the way to No, 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 no. Explain to me. I want to know. I said, the lady said, well, that's where your meter reads. My meter cannot be reading that. I said, have them come out and show me. They refuse to. It's a system they have built in. You're, so you could have a budget. Your budget is blown to smithereens because when they do that, you can't even fight them. And you know what God does? And that's why I start praying for you. I said, God, I am taken care of. What is happening to the people when that happens to them? I mean, listen, it was one month in the summer between my house and the studio. I paid $1,000 for electricity. And I said to myself, what happens to the people when that happens to them? I start to pray for you. And if you're still depending on your little paycheck, that little thing, no, what you depend on is this. I just, I go to work and I'm faithful on my job, but you know what I'm faithful? God, I'm going to give you what's yours because I know no matter what happens, you're going to come through for me. You will come through for me. I don't care what happens. Listen, it doesn't always take money. Stop monetizing your spiritual problem. What was the thing? I got all turned around. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. 
Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Join Pastor Hart Ramsey and the NCC family for Watch Night 2018, featuring special guest, three-time Grammy Award nominee, Kim Burrell. Well, he me on my way gave me grace and strength just to see another day it's a new day yes it is join pastor hart ramsey along with special guest kim burrell and the stellar award nominated ncc family choir for watch night 2018 december 31st 200 Dome Lane in Dothan, Alabama. Doors open at 8.30 p.m. Service begins at 9 p.m. No matter what you've experienced in 2018, 2019 is for the better. I know you're going to dig this. Watch night 2018. Be there. there. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Watch this, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. So Christ has now become the high priest. Everybody said, Jesus is my high priest. God sent, now the high priest in the, in the Old Testament was the one that, that stood between God and the people. On the, day, on the day of atonement, he went into the Holy of Holies on behalf of the people to sprinkle blood, to make atonement for their sins. And God received it. When God received the high priest, the people had a blessed year. You got it? It's, it's, it was interesting. If the high priest was received by God, then the whole, everyone in Israel was, was forgiven. That's who he is to us as a high priest. But I love what it says. Christ has now become the high priest over all the, shout those next two words. No, no, that's not shout. I'm going to read it again and you got to shout those two words. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the, the good things that have come. Everybody say the good things that have come. Now here's the way it works. Good things could have come, but if you don't know they've come or they, you let the enemy tell you that they have not come, you won't enjoy them. I told the Lord, I refuse. I refuse to fight with this. I refuse to, to, to struggle with it. I am not going to struggle. Hebrews 4 says that, that God wants me to rest. He wants me to rest. He wants me to receive the preaching in faith and rest. Because until I rest, he can't work. Listen, here's your situation. Let me help you with your situation. Jesus is your gift. He has the whole thing figured out. He is the Savior. He is the lifeguard. He is the solution. He is the answer. He is the physician. He is the lawyer. He is everywhere. Here's the thing. As long as you're working, he can't rest. You have to rest so he could work. If you're resting and trusting, he's working and blessing. That's the way it goes. Now watch this. He says, so he's the high priest over all the good things that God have, 
I mean, that have come, he has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not a part of this created world. It's not, it's not natural. It's not human. Stop naturalizing it and stop humanizing it. It's not. What he did for us is totally and completely spiritual. And the spiritual world rules over this natural world. That sickness in your body is not medical. It's spiritual. The Bible says that everyone had a spirit of infirmity. They brought them to Jesus, and Jesus drove the spirit out in so much that the deaf are heard and the dumb spake. A spirit of infirmity was driven out in so much that the deaf heard and the dumb spake. It's spiritual. It is spiritual. Now, watch this now. Now, go to Hebrews chapter. Look at verse 12. Go down to verse 12. Verse 12 real quickly. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, which are natural. He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption. Shout that last word. Now let me tell you about the word redemption. The word redemption speaks to a price that's paid to get the slave off the slave block. It's the price that was paid to free you is the price that was paid to free me. It's the price that he paid to make sure that along the way of your spiritual development, if you, if, you, if you miss, if you stumble, if you get it wrong, if something goes awry, he's got you. And even now, what you struggle with, the thing that you got genetically, this, this problem that's working in you, this, this thing you can't get around, it's, a, it's like you can't get, like you're dumb to this. The enemy got you blindsided and you can't figure it out. Even that, you're still you struggling now, but he still got you. And listen, many times you say, Pastor, I just can't go any further. And you can't. You, it didn't just start, it started back then, but he's had you the whole time by the scruff of your neck. You may stumble, but he won't let you fall. That's the way it works. He's got you. And he didn't do it with the blood of goats and calves. It's, no. When he entered, he entered with blood, his own blood. So much so that the Bible says that in his new body, he has a flesh and bone body. There's no blood in it because it all was sacrificed in the heavenly tabernacle. That's what the Bible says. All right. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. I'm almost done. I'm just going through this, the paces around it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. Are you there? The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, the good things to come, the good things to come. They were not the good things themselves. What an interesting and amazing story. They put a bronze serpent on a pole, and everyone that was bitten had to complain and judge Moses. They looked, they said we sinned, they looked up, and they were healed. And, he said, and here's what the Bible says, that was nothing. It was just a shadow. It was just a preview of the good things that God really wanted to do. And here's what it says. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. In the amazing? You came to worship tonight, and when you came to worship, listen, you're worshiping a finished, you're worshiping the God of the finished work. Everything that, that's supposed to be finished in your life is done. That's, what, that's why you're worshiping. That's why you offer the sacrifice of praise. That's why the fruit of your lips are giving thanks to his name. If it dawned on you yet that you're not praising him so he could do it, you're praising him because he's done it. There's a big difference between will and has. It's done. Everybody say it's done. Okay, now, I'm, now, I'm, I'm going to do this and then we'll be done. We'll be done, Okay. Go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 11 real fast. Hebrews 13, verse 11. I'm just, going, I'm just checking the box here. 
Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. They were burned where? What did he bring? Look at it. It's up there. What did he bring? Okay, under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy of... What did he bring? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the bodies of the animals were burned where? Look at verse 12. Verse 12 says this. So also Jesus suffered and died where? Outside the city gates to make his people what? Holy by means of his his own blood. Look at verse 13. So let us go out to him. You want to live inside the world system. Inside the world system, they tell you naturalize it, monetize it, medicalize it. You got it? Everything. They tell you, turn it into something that you could deal with. And the Lord is saying, if you're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God, I'm inviting you outside the camp. He said, I need you. Let's, let's, let us go out. He said, let us go out to him. Where? Outside the camp. And bear the disgrace he bore. What disgrace? They used to laugh at him. When he would tell them that God would do these amazing things. The girl is not dead. She's asleep. Lazarus, where is he buried? Take me to him. Uh, roll away the stone. Are you crazy? He's been dead four days. He's thinking. The, the disgrace of him thinking he could do all this stuff. And they used to mock him. He says, they need to mock you like that. You want the results he got? Then you go outside the camp where he is and stop trying to play inside the system. Stop trying to play inside the system. Get outside the camp. <laughs> Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, for this world. This, everybody shout this world. No, say that last. Say this world. This world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Here's what he says. You trying to play around like you're part of this world. You're not a part of this world, and it won't work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I just go play the, I play the lottery every week. You will never win. You will never win. No. You say playing the lottery is wrong? I'm going to say something that's going to blow you away. Religious folk, don't mess with me. There's, there's a story, in, I think it was in New York, where a, a church member went. A church did not believe in, in, in uh, playing the lottery, so she went and bought a ticket. When she bought a ticket, the first thing she, I mean, after she won, the first thing she did was tie it to the church. The rascals paid off their billing. What did the pastor believe? I don't know what he believed before, but I know what he believed now. And I t- that's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I believe about it. I, be- I, don't, I believe this. If, if you believe that you buying a ticket is going set to you, set you right financially, you'll never win. And buying a ticket is a sin. It's a sin. S-I-N. But if you believe, if your thing is God is my source, and you go in there and you say, I'm going to buy me one of these tickets. Listen, my mother told me, when I was little, my father won the lottery twice. Lightning doesn't strike twice. He won it twice. How you win the lottery twice? My mom was like, where do you think you get all the money from? He won the lottery twice. Back to, how do you do that? He wasn't depending on the lottery. He said, hmm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy the ticket of faith. No! You're missing the whole point. Okay, here's a rule. Don't buy no tickets. I'm Jesus. I can't even explain stuff to these people. <laughs> How many got what I was saying? Jesus. I see your wheelchair. You were like, hmm. One lady, her eyebrows, I'm going to tell you, I won't look at you. Her eyebrow went like this, hmm. She, like, she raised that eyebrow like, hmm, okay, I got this figure 
Father Blocker for now. Go to John chapter 4, verse 9. Did you learn something tonight? So, her problem was bigger than just water. Her problem was bigger than water. The fact that she was coming to the well at noon meant that she was trying to avoid some people. The rule of custom was that the single women um, went to the well first thing in the morning before the sun came up because men did not carry buckets of water or pictures of water in public. Women did. That's why when Jesus said to the disciples, go down to this street and when you see the man with the picture in his hand, follow him. It wasn't hard to find a man with a picture in his hand because men didn't carry pictures of water in the streets. Only women did. So when the woman came to the well, her problem was bigger than water. The Bible uses a strange terminology to describe Jesus going through Samaria. The Bible says, and he needs, he must needs go through Samaria. In, in, in modern um, language, it's saying that, that Jesus had an assignment to go through Samaria. He had an appointment. God pressed him to go through Samaria. There's something working in him. He had to get to this place. And when he got there, his disciples just happened to say, you know, Lord, we're hungry. We're going to get something to eat. You want something? The Lord said, well, you go get something. Um, bring me something if you will, but I'm good. So they go off to town. He's by himself. Very rarely do you see Jesus by himself do a ministry. The way God scheduled this. She's afraid to come to the well in the morning for whatever reputation she has in the city. She doesn't want to be one of the single women who've been talking about her. Jesus' disciples go off to get food and he needs water. So the two meet at the well. What a strange meeting. The woman who's been married, how many husbands? She had five husbands. And the one that she's living with now is not even her own. Now, you say, well, she's just a whole. No, no, let me explain to you. The rule is, if she was a quote-unquote adulteress, she'd be dead. The fact that she had five husbands means that either she was widowed or divorced or a combination of both. But the husbands back then put the wives away. It wasn't the other way around. Just theological background, so you know. And she brings brings her stigma, her shame, and she brings it to the well, and she encounters the Lord. And what I love about him is he knows everything about everyone, but when he meets at the well, he asks her. Go back to, give me some some verses. Give me verse 7, maybe. I want to read a part. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please, give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Verse 9. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with, with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Here's what she noticed, something off. Number one, you're a Jew. Number two, I'm a Samaritan. Number one, number two, number, number one, I'm a Jew. I mean, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Number two, men don't talk to women in public. Why are you talking to me? What do you want? And Jesus replied. <laughs> he said, if you only knew the gift of God. Doria. He said, if you only knew the gift of God with no strings attached or the gift that God has for you and who it is that's speaking to you. He said, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who it is that's speaking to you, he said, you would ask me and I'll give you, listen, I'll give you running water. Back then, running water was not an unknown concept, but it wasn't very popular. To have running water was, was, people had heard about it, but many had never seen it. He said, I'll give you living. That means running water. 
And she, her thing was like, really? Where you gonna get it from? And she started asking these really inquisitive, she became very inquisitive. But listen to what he said to her. If you only knew who I was and what God wanted to give you through me, you would ask me. And so what normally happens is whatever God asks you for, his whole thing is he only asks you because if you know who it is that's asking you and the fact that he's only asking you because he wants to give you a gift, then you turn around and ask him for the very thing he's asking you for. So Jesus will ask one guy, would thou be made whole? What did Jesus want? If you recognize who's asking you and the gift that God wants to give to you, you ask him, can I be made whole? I want to be made whole. We, we, what we're doing is we're focusing on the wrong thing. What's important is not so much the paycheck. What's important is that you know that no matter what happens, your heavenly Father will never leave you. He has already provided everything you need to Jesus Christ. You say, well, Pastor, they're about to let me go. So what? You think they could let you go from one job and God doesn't have another? Dude, let me tell you something. There are people in this room that could stand and testify right now and tell you that they went months, some of them years, without a job and never missed a beat, never missed a bill, never became homeless. Why? Because it's different. They don't live inside the camp. They went outside the camp to bear the disgrace with the Lord, and he knows how to take care of his people. People will tell you that their business went bottom up, something went wrong, and they, but they still had to talk about it. You think this is a game? This is no game. And at the end of the day, this thing has to do with eternal life. What's important? <laughs> What's important is not the health or the money or the friends or the family. What's important is do you know him? Some would say that you just, like, just look up and just take a lesson from this. If you only knew the gift of God, Jesus is the gift of God. Jesus is the gift of God. See, they were standing, they were standing at a well that had water in it. She's like, how are you going to draw from that well? You don't have a bucket. And Jesus was thinking, I am the well. John Gray's mother, when she took ill with cancer, I believe that that woman got cancer to speak one word to me. I just, I'm stupid enough to believe it. I told you the story before. I just want to sit before I sit down. When she got ill, they went into the doctor. They called me on the phone. Up. It was me and her and John on the phone. And we, me and John, we weeping. And she shut us up. And she said, don't tell the people to pray for me. Tell the people to thank God for my healing. And she made a statement I'd never heard before. She said, the, she said, the same well that provides salvation provides healing. She said, it's the same well. I had never heard anybody say that before. I've been preaching for years. And when she said that we did exactly what she told us to do, we get on prayer calls, we just rejoice and thank God. And whenever anyone starts crying out to God, we stop them. No, that's not what she said to do. She said, thank God. She went into the doctor for the operation. The pre-op uh, x-ray showed that there was nothing there. Don't tell, this is no game. Everybody lift your hands to the Lord. We're going to... I hope this helped. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Art Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. 
For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.